DTCM. Hello and good day. Thank you for reading or listening to episode 2 of my series on art, on Darrell Teague's Creative Mind. Here we explore art theory and art concepts. And we are now days away from Halloween 2019. I've seen a superb amount of dressing up and festivity this month. I love it. Happy Halloween to those listening. Alright, let's go into it right away. Today we'll be doing another look into creativity. I, I know I've been I've been talking about creativity a lot this uh, last week, but specifically I want to discuss a comparison between 12th century through 16th century Renaissance and today's world from about 1990 to now, 2019. I also want to examine towards the end how we use creativity to problem solve. While this is a podcast about visual art, I first wanted to give you a wider understanding, I hope, of creativity before I move on to other topics. We will not make this about history, so don't worry. So there are a few core elements to the Renaissance that I like to focus on that are similar to the elements that we have today. And I think they are tied to blooming creativity. Those elements are art, print, and the economy. Art was inspired by changing mindsets and new abilities. It was printing that led to widespread literature, which led to knowledge becoming more common. With that knowledge, people became stronger in their economic decisions. And now I'd like to focus on these things in that order. For the sake of this discussion, we will ignore exploration, discovery, and science. Keep in mind that art is the star of the show. However, I do think there are more things to talk about in this section, and I think it'll be very fun. And there isn't any chronological order to these aspects of the art during the Renaissance, but they're just what I find to be most creative. Think about the image of the artist. Picture them in your mind. Leonardo da Vinci had a vibrant personality, which combined his work and the increase of media attention of his day. He became hugely famous and inspired his peers. The idea of the artist who has a creative mind, the quirky, weird, the one who doesn't fit in well, that was all da Vinci. We still have that mindset today if you think about it. We have the idea of the internet artist, like myself or others that I know. There are people whose way of doing things change whatever they're doing. Whether that be Warhol, da Vinci, or I. I. Wei, it's up for debate. But these people undoubtedly have a great influence on their craft. Today, we see many artists on the internet. Not each of them is famous as the greats became. So now art is celebrated as less of like a celebrity type vibe. And it's more seen as a gifted person who is appreciated for their for their talents and what they give. And it's just like others who are celebrated for their amazing athleticism or the superb mathematical skills or the way they connect with people that not everyone can achieve. So I think it was this new mindset about the artist from being a crafter to being an inspired creative person that inspired works like self-portraits and the increase of sculptures of the human anatomy. I refer to da Vinci a lot. I think he was more of an inventor or an engineer than an artist. He used to practice drawing things in order to learn. So, So he would dissect bodies and dismantle things and then draw them in great detail. What he did was use art as a cognitive exercise in order to examine the anatomy, the shape, the structure, and the workings of a subject he was studying. He probably thought of how each piece fits together, what size they are in relative to each other, the relationship to each other, the relationship of one piece to the whole. 
So it was this idea of using art and drawing for their cognitive and knowledge benefits that can help one's creativity and understanding of subjects. It's not advice for all artists, but it is for some who value the idea. However, in my experience, I like to learn about things through drawing. And I think that is one of the most effective ways for me to learn how to do some things. However, not everything. I have watercolor paintings with colored pencils and rose flowers. I think they're philodendrons, Japanese Hitachi flowers, a cactus, a tomato vine. Those pieces were water painting, colored pencil, and ink. And they were done by studying each plant from different angles and drawing them and then putting them all together. And after learning the anatomy of each plant, you know, how the petals were laid together, how the stem attached to the stalk, all of that. You know, after that, I was able to draw my own without a reference. And I was able to even put that in a composition that worked. So that is how I use the idea of using art as a cognitive activity. I think that if you wanted to learn how to draw a lion, you could get like 10 pictures from the internet or draw, I mean, or, or, or get a toy, find a picture, go take a picture at the zoo, <laughs> any pictures you can get of a lion and just draw from different angles as much as you can. Study the anatomy, the, the space between the eyes and the nose, the relationships of the, of the hip and the, and, the, and the feet and the tail, uh, the length between the tail and the rest of the body, all of that. And eventually, you'll be able to draw a line with less reference or no reference at all. And it would be pretty, pretty cool if I even tested this, this out myself and called myself out on, on record. Um, over the next, you know, I think peeps, you can do it in a couple of weeks to months. So, like, in the next couple of months, you know, by Christmas, you know, I could draw a lot of lines and figure out how to draw a line without a reference. And that, that'd be pretty fun. I'll probably so, put that on my social media. So, yeah, let's do that. I'll put lions that I'm drawing on my social media and hopefully I'll get much better at it by the end. That'll that'll be fun. Moving on, you see self-portraits being painted and drawn, you know, and more people had access to mirrors at the time, more more artists had access to mirrors because, you know, in the medieval time, not everybody saw the reflection and they saw the reflections only in like buckets of water or a puddle or a lake. So the self-portrait was very important to the artist, especially when they started to see themselves in great detail. The self-portrait was an expression of self-worth and self-esteem that included looking inward and being a little selfish. And it was the old world selfie, if you will. And it was a great way to look from an inside and an outside perspective. And sometimes it can be an idealistic perspective. You know, I would like to clarify that it is both. And for me, it was literally becoming comfortable with my face. (laughs) So I have completed four self-portraits, two acrylic paintings on canvas, and the other two are digital format. And I'll post that on my social media so you can see all four. Um, Look for them. I'll be on my Instagram, Facebook, my LinkedIn. I encourage all artists to do a self-portrait and share it with me if you feel so inclined. No pressure. I just would like to see what you what you've been doing and and it's also still inktober so some cool black and white ink self-portraits would be would be super so you know going along with that idea of social media you know artists and creative people during the renaissance wanted to come together in a centralized space so they wanted to build locations where they could gather and debate about ideas they can develop and work on the craft together so you see art techniques like perspective and sculpture being prominent in many artists work at the time and you see these works that we, we get our first insights on how to depict 3D images on a 2D surface. 
and I think it's nearly the same as the social media locations that we operate in today. They are in themselves a location where millions of us come together to share ideas, whether they be creative, political, or environmental. These phenomena are the same. You know, however, we interact through a 2D surface like our, our cell phone screens, our computer screens, but we see incredible depth through them every single day. And my point is that humans, we are largely the same now as we were then. We have just come much further in technology, medicine, and knowledge. And no matter when, we have the same wants, needs, and desires. And I think that we have the same drives for innovation that are similar than before. Renaissance creators made new portals for themselves to express their creativity. And so have we. We all have to use them, and we all do. We must continue to use them so we communicate between the public. And that leads me to my next point, location. Print, literature, knowledge in the Renaissance were similar to the rise of today's internet. Because of the printing press, we were able to produce books, pamphlets, and flyers. It was the beginning of the production of an information at a scale that they could not before. And knowledge was cheaper, more people had access to information, which made them smarter when they consumed it. And moreover, I'm sorry to all the old timers and old uh, old school people, but back then it was the same deal. Young people and some in the old community saw the value in print and much of the culture shifted from preferring oral to print. And it was just like today's shift from print to digital media. I made the point about being cheaper so more people had access to information. So that also meant more people had access to the printing press itself. People could hire printers and create flyers or pamphlets that could be distributed throughout a city or region or even between cities within days to weeks. That same information could be available to many different people. And on the other hand, this also became a problem because some of the people saw the opportunity to spread messages that could be real, fake, true, or false. So it's a little funny you see the rise of fake news. It is terrible and we're not even going to get into that. But the amount of information that was created during this time was not all good. And one had to sift through it to compare ideas versus reality. And it's just like today. There's so much information on the internet that it's hard to take it all in. And we have to take knowledge from many different sources and then compile them into one solution or conclusion in order to make our decisions. I'll make this one quick because I know that not everyone is an economy nerd. I'm surely not, but it does interest me. Uh, because of the printing press, people had become more capable to record the money that they had. And because people were able to do this, they were able to use bookkeeping to keep track of their flow of currency. Therefore, merchants, wealthy people, crafters could track their inflow and outflow of money. That helped the growth into a more powerful economy because people were smarter with the decisions they made and the investments they made. So money could flow into certain spaces, which is exactly what happened in the Renaissance. Money flowed into the pockets of artists, musicians, entertainers, builders, because the value of these new ideas and these new movements. It is again, I see today, a lot of creative people are using the, a lot of people today using the internet to be smarter with their decision making and then a problem solving. And I know we were going, I said we we're going to discuss problem solving and you made it. Thank you for making it this far. So, you know, think of a lot of inventions, scientific advancements and architecture. They came from solving a problem that the old world couldn't solve. You know, think of like there, there are domes to buildings that could not be built before the Renaissance because the people in the medieval times didn't understand the technicalities 
of building like a dome to a church. And it's just like today with our skyscrapers and electricity and the industrial revolution. You see, creativity was a driving force behind problem solving. And that is what created the world around us. And what builds our bridges, it's what creates our infrastructure, both physically and for the internet. It's still crazy that in 2019, in today's renaissance, if you will, the infrastructure is changing, but not seemingly to the extent of the renaissance. A lot is happening on the internet and has made knowledge unfathomably more accessible to more people, like just like the printing press did for many back then. It means that people are going to use it, and as mentioned before, people are. And we're not much different now as we were then. So as I end this episode, we will be continuing on to more visual art topics. I implore creative people to view creativity as looking forward into the future and being excited for what we can do and what we're going to do. Because we have the internet and it's not that old, we'll be talking on it and using it together for a long time. Much obliged for your time in reading. I thank you for those listening on the podcast and those on YouTube for watching. I would like to converse with anyone about creativity and their experience with it. I would also like to talk about creative projects that you are doing now and what you think you're going to be doing in the future. My social media links are listed. Talk to me. Bye.